This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Came in at the same time, different paths between us two, but you know, we, we always had the same goal. And you know, after this, you know, he, he's exhausted all his eligibility. After this, you know, there won't be any more, uh, you know, Nebraska football for Lamar Jackson in Memorial Stadium. So, you know, this, this one is, you know, it's big for him to, to, you know, go out there and just lay it on the line, give it all that he's got. That's my guy to the end. That's, that's a friend for life, you know, a brother that I have for life, you know. I know I can call him, talk to him about anything. He called me, talk to me about anything, as well as the rest of the seniors in the room, Eric Lee, you know. Uh, Reed Carl and Jeremiah Stovall, you know, uh, all those guys. And we're back here on the Husker Line Show. That was DiCaprio Boodle reflecting on some of the seniors he'll be playing his last game with. Boodle just a junior, but you look at this defense, you've got Lamar Jackson, who's arguably maybe having the best season of any senior on Nebraska's roster and maybe any defender right now. He's playing really, really good football. Darian Daniels, a graduate transfer, then Carlos and Khalil Davis, and then Muhammad Berry. So you've got really five kind of core senior starters on this defense, no starters on offense. So when you look at just senior day, Robin, as a whole, um, it's not a very star-studded one, but all the firepower is probably on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's some guys that um, you know have been through a lot uh, over their career, and that was kind of the message you know, of the some of the players. And Scott Frost, uh, you know, when they they talked to us on Monday, was uh, you know this is this group has you know gone through the gauntlet a little bit. You know, they were recruited by one staff, started their careers with another staff, and finished their their careers with a third staff. And so, I mean, that's a lot of transition and a lot of ups and downs, uh, and a lot of just things that they had to work through, uh, you know, on and off the field. But for the guys that stuck it out, you know, your your Muhammad Berries, your Lamar Jacksons, you know, that you know could have certainly gone different directions over the course of all that. Uh, you know, it's a real credit to them and their determination to kind of see this thing out um, and do as, as good of a job as they possibly could in, in some pretty difficult circumstances. So it, it certainly hasn't been uh, the most glimmering senior class, you know, as far as on-field production. But uh, when you consider, you know, all the, you know, adversity that these guys have had to go through, uh, you really got to credit those guys that, you know, finished the job and, you know, as, as tough as things got, um, you know, didn't didn't back away and go looking for greener pastures. Yeah, for as, for as crazy as Nebraska football has been over the last 15, 20 years, I mean, I think some of these guys may have gotten the worst of it. But, um, you know, look at the Davis Twins, for example. They were recruited by Bo Pelini and Rick Kaczynski, and then they come in, they they sign with uh, with Mike Riley, Hank, Hank Hughes, Hughes Hank then, yeah Hank Hughes, and then uh, you know and then they've got uh, and then they go through who they, who they got uh, Perella Perella, and then they had uh, Mike Dawson, and then now on on Tuioti. So that's uh, Pelini, Riley, Frost that were all kind of involved as far as head coaches go, and you've got what four or five D line coaches. I mm-hmm. mean. And they were here they for had five Perella years. for two years, yep. and that was it. Perella for for two years. That's the only guy they had for more than one. It's the only continuity they had in their entire career. I mean, that's just that's yeah. crazy. I'd be a little disgruntled. Yeah, went from I mean, a four three to a three four. Yeah, you know, I mean, back to a four. Yeah, I mean, shoot. You yeah. know what though, Khalil Davis right now um, is fourth in the Big Ten in sacks. He's got nine, eight, eight on the year, and the guys ahead of him right now, Chase Young and the two Wisconsin linebackers, and then yeah. it's Khalil Davis. Wow. So you're talking about some of the best pass rushers in the country are only separating him from from the top of the list. Now, so. he had three against Rutgers. Two so and a half. Two and, so he padded, he padded the numbers against – not He's Rutgers, Mar- Maryland. Uh, Maryland. I'm yeah. getting my uh, my 2014 <laughs> add-on teams screwed up here. But, um, yeah, Khalil – I mean, he's – Khalil and Lamar, I mean, are, I'm not saying they're playing at an all-Big Ten level, but they're at least like 
in the conversation for for honors. You know, yeah. I think both those guys have played well um, for Nebraska this well, year. Well, especially when you look at you know who are the best player or best Nebraska's best best chances to have someone go play on the next level and get drafted. I mean, I would probably put those two at the top of the list right maybe now. Maybe Darian Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh, but I mean. You, Lamar Jackson's probably as good of a story as there is on this team as far as where he was, you know, a year and a half ago when he was demoted uh, from the starting lineup. Didn't he lose his black shirt or something like that? And then had, you know, was basically at a crossroads in his whole career, and he took the right path. He stuck it out, and he worked his way back into the equation, and I think earned a lot of respect and trust from that coaching staff with, with the way that he handled himself. And, you know, like I said, kind of didn't, didn't – back away from a little adversity uh, and so he stuck it out and you know really changed his entire career to where this year he's finally playing at the level that we all hoped and expected he would when he came here as, as such a high profile recruit yeah if anyone could have bounced and and taken the you know taken a path of the Oregon state route yeah I mean shoot uh, it could have been Lamar um, or probably should have been I guess you know when when you look back at it uh, but he didn't he, he stuck it he stuck through it and and uh, you know, I think you have to obviously you have to give a lot of credit to him, but um, I, I think if if he if this goes the way we think it will, and he gets drafted in the NFL and everything, um, he probably is going to owe you know call up Travis Fisher and Scott Frost and, and say, hey, thanks for thanks for getting me back on track there, because uh, who knows what would happen had 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 he bounced and, and gone somewhere else. And this will be a different kind of game for the defense, um, especially with weather, wind possible rain snow whatever all the above is going to bring us here on friday um, i think for the defense it's really just going to come down to fundamentals physicality and tackling i mean there's not going to be a lot of big bomb passes down the field i mean it's going to be can you get your hands up and deflect passes can you get to uh nate stanley which has not been easy to do um, but this is one of the rare times Nebraska will see a quarterback that doesn't move. I mean, he's a statue, three-step drop pocket quarterback. So I think they, they can try to get creative and, and, and get to Stanley and, and disrupt him a little bit. And they're going to have to force some turnovers. Yeah, and so you know, a lot of people, they look at Iowa and they think, wow, they have a really good run game. But it's, statistically, it's not. I mean, they're only averaging 131 yards per game. It's more a product of their offensive line. Right, so they, that's the thing, what they do. They wear teams down. They're not going to score a bunch. They've only, I don't think they've scored over 30 points all season. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're just going to milk the clock. They're going to control possession, control the tempo of the game, and just beat on you with body blow after body blow, similar to Wisconsin, but without that game-breaking ability of a Jonathan Taylor. And so uh, for Nebraska's defense, they, I mean, this is a, it'll be a four-quarter battle for them. Uh, you know, the, Iowa's defense is uh, the reason why they're eight and three right now. But for Nebraska's defense is concerned, they they have to just prevent those big uh, you know haymaker shots. You know, whether it's a, a pass where a tight end slips behind a linebacker that we've seen so many times, uh, and you know they got to be able to just withstand uh, Iowa's offensive line. You know, the, that's as good of a group as they've seen probably you know outside of Wisconsin uh, all season. And so the fact that it's this late in the season on a short week week uh how uh up for the physical challenge nebraska's defense is will ultimately determine this game i think yeah i, I couldn't agree more robin I, I think that you've got to try and find a way to to create a turnover um and, and try to find you know, a way to, to have iowa beat itself uh there i mean because they're going to do what they do their their offensive line is very very good um and and they're going to try to control this game and so nebraska's got to tackle well and and then try to come up with with a with a turnover or two to try and you know flip things on its head because uh, they're going to try and limit your overall offensive plays just like Wisconsin did uh, with that with that time of possession. 
in Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, Iowa, trying to play for a 9-3 and year. A lot of people think the Holiday Bowl is where they're heading. Uh, Nebraska, just trying to get to a bowl. And, I mean, used to be kind of a thing you take for granted here, but now after not going to a bowl since 2016, um, <laughs> it's a bigger deal around here. And I don't know what bowl. I mean, I'm not even thinking about it because obviously it's right. going to be in there's five win talk right now, but it's still a little premature to even get into that until after the games are played um, based on APR and all these other things out there. Um, it's kind of a long shot. I mean, I, I would think if Nebraska's five and seven, they'd have maybe a 10, 15% chance of getting in as a five win team. But yeah, a lot of it ha- has to do with, you know, what else happens with that uh, six to seven loss uh, group over the next week or two, including army uh, with army Navy game. So here's what you do win on Friday end this debate, well, go to a bowl and, you know, and you're kind of an attractive bowl. I mean, if Nebraska were to beat Iowa, they would be an attractive six and six bowl team, at least for the conference partners, because there'd be people that say, you know what? We just beat, I'm excited. Let's go somewhere and watch Nebraska on the road now. And, um, it's been a while. Let's go on a bowl trip. And <laughs> I've been on one through for a while, Rob, and I want to go on one with you again. Hey, you know, last bowl game we went to wasn't even Nebraska's bowl game. It was the peach or yeah, the Chick-fil-A bowl or whatever it is. We, we took advantage of that time. <laughs> Covering Scott Frost, Central Florida teams. So. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk mailbag. Uh, we've got Husker Online's Mike Wheeler joining us in here for that. We'll take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.